This is the All Sports Podcast devoted to your favorite teams in North Texas. Welcome to Ballsy, a production of the Dallas Morning News and Sports Day. Our weekly show is proudly hosted. Okay, strike that. Our show is hosted by Kevin Sherrington, Evan Grant, and myself. I'm David Moore, and who knows, maybe we'll have a special guest or two along the way. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the Dallas Cowboys. Catch other episodes by subscribing to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. We're also on social media. Just search Ballsy Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, and you'll be notified of the latest episode. Don't forget, it's Ballsy with a Z. Are you ready, sports fans? Ballsy starts now. Hello, everybody. Welcome into Ballsy, the Sports Day DFW Dallas Morning News Podcast. I am Kevin Sherrington with a very limp mic. This is an issue that usually Evan has, uh, but uh, at, at any rate, it has uh, afflicted me as well. Uh, I'm Kevin Sherrington. There's Evan Grant. Here's David Moore. Uh, and we're talking about the Cowboys and this team that has just come back from the dead. It is on its way, marching to Washington. Marching back to 500. Marching back to 500. Taking this team on, uh, the Redskins. Uh, that Jacksonville Jags picks. You know, I know you guys hate for me to do this, but one of us picked the, the Cowboys to win that game. Who was that? One, yeah, one did. One I don't, guy. I don't, I don't read the picks. One guy picked them to win. You know why I don't read the picks, David? Why is that? Evan? Because Kevin will tell me what. <laughs> I know. Why do we even need <laughs> if to? I, well, if I win, some weeks he tells yeah, us. That's right. What we need to know. I think other I, weeks he lays out. What I, is your what? What? What are you straight on the Cowboys this year? I think I picked the Cowboys. I think I picked them almost every week. To win every week? Yeah, I think I have. So you've lost Homer. three. So I've lost three, yeah. Homer. <laughs> Homer. Well, I, I look at these. I, I just don't see any great teams on their schedule. I think they could win most of these games. You I know? think you look at and you look at it and say, how can I not offend the Cowboy fans? Clearly. No. Well, listen, I'll tell you what. I'm offending plenty of people. It's not, not an issue. Uh, here's the reason why I picked them to, to beat the Jags. One, Jalen Ramsey, best defensive back in the NFL – who was he going to take away? And no one to cover. <laughs> what difference did it make? Was he going to take away Alan Hearns? What does a cover corner do when there's no one to cover? <laughs> yeah, I mean, so what? Uh, uh, no Fournette, you know, out. That was huge. Back. That yeah. was huge, having him out. Blake Bortles, he stinks. You know, you can make the case that, that Dak's a, a much more effective quarterback than Blake Bortles is. So, to me, in a, in a lot of ways, they looked a lot like the Cowboys did. And, and then, you know, certainly on defense, the, I think the Cowboys have just as good a defense. As as Jacksonville has, mm. I know the numbers don't say that, but mm. I think that there's a lot of potential there. A lot of these guys are potential. really playing well. Yeah, uh, there, there's talent there. There's it, talent at, yes. at any at any particular time. These guys can rise up and play really well. Sure, uh, and, and I'm not saying that they do that every week, uh, but I and the fact that it's a home game, and you you got Zeke Elliott. They're missing Fournette, and you've got who statistically the best running back in the NFL. So it's kind of hard for me to say, oh, you know, they, there's no way they win this game at home. It's like, yeah, uh, if it's on the road, that's a different animal. And All that's right. why I'm not going to pick the Cowboys to win this week in Washington. Okay, so you're not? No. Okay. But I'm not convinced of it. I mean, I could, I could certainly see why the, the Cowboys could win that game if they just do what they do at home, uh, which it, it seems do to be. Do it on the road? Yeah. Well, it just seems to be that, that Zeke runs the ball so much more at home than he does on the road. I don't look, I haven't looked at the numbers, but it seems to me that 
Well, he runs it more efficiently at home than he does on the road. Yeah, yeah, he does. And I don't know how many— Often they find themselves behind on the road this year, and so he doesn't run it for stretches, and and, and he doesn't have the impact. He doesn't have the long runs. Right. And uh, he loses a few snaps because they fall behind and they can't run as much. Yeah. I thought they did something good this week. (laughs) Yes, Evan. What did you discern? (laughs) You tell me, did they not— put Dak in motion more. Yes, they ran him more, which is what they need to do. But they sprinted him out a lot, too. They have before, but when it was strictly to throw, he had some issues. Now when he rolled, it was, okay, are they, they're in the run-pass option here. What's going yeah. to happen? And right. you had 11 runs. And look— if you just want to deal with the 11 carries, which equals the most ever by a quarterback in Cowboys history. That's, tying, a, that's a crazy stat, isn't tying it? Tying Steve Pallure. Oh, <laughs> but you're going to say Roger Staubach. Steve Pallure. But if you want to, uh, look, if you're talking, if, if Dak Prescott is still running 11 times a game three to four years from now, bad idea. But... It has been proven that physically and strategically, quarterbacks can't run to that level in the NFL and still be effective. But you're talking about, at this moment in time, with this offense, with this cast of characters on offense, and what this group needs to be successful, Dak Prescott needs to run. They don't need to, and I think a big part of their their lack of identity this year is because Prescott's been wrestling just who is he as a quarterback. Is he only a guy who runs as a last resort when the protection breaks down, uh, when the play breaks down? Or is he a guy who actually can impact the game with his ability to run? And in running early in the game, one, make it a little bit easier for defenses not to focus solely on Elliott and allow him to run a little bit more efficiently. And two, when you're running early, to give defenses something else to think about. Suddenly those rollouts, when you're looking for guys, are they going to be more open? Does it allow you to ease into your passing game and get traction? And I think we've seen that time and time again with Dak Prescott. And I just don't understand this reluctance. Look, I under, look, you know, he, he, he had seven carries against New York. And it was designed runs. Other than the, the Jacksonville game, that was the other game where he had the most designed runs. He had 28 yards in the first quarter when they jumped to a 10-0 lead. He had 19 yards on three carries in the fourth quarter in the decisive possession that put the game away in the fourth quarter. Look at the games this year he hasn't run. He, by the time he had his first planned run against Carolina in the opener, they were down 10 nothing. He didn't run at all against Seattle no. until they were down 24-6 to in the fourth. And against Houston the week before in the overtime game, he ran early when they got to a a 10-6 lead. But then when they had a 13-10 lead for the remainder of that game in overtime, he ran only twice. So this season, you can go back game by game and see that his running throughout the course of the game played into their success. When he didn't run, they were not a successful offense. I, I don't need... I don't understand what more data 
the no. Cowboys coaching staff needs. To, to me, the, the, the two things about him running are, first of all, I think there's a real misnomer about running. You know, if you're running the option and you, you they run a, a, a true option and he pitches, yeah. and then that, then that guy, defensive end you know, takes his head it, off, sure. well, you don't want that kind of thing. And, and you don't want him running up in the, in the middle of things. But so many times when he's running, he's running around the end. You know, he, he can run out of bounds. Uh, you don't want him challenging people. That's slide, what you don't want him to yeah. do. Yeah, just slide. And, he's, and you know, obviously there are always times when you can get hit. But uh, I would say, first of all, you look at well, – I love what Cole Beasley said when the, in, you know, in the first half when he's just tearing up Jacksonville's defense. And then he said they got the middle linebacker, Miles Jack, He's blasting. He's about to be taking me out here. Let's don't do this anymore. Yeah. So, so yeah. So you get smart at some point. But secondly, it gives you a real option now in the red zone. They 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 did not have an option in the red zone, and that's what was killing them. You know, to me, is that this was a team that who are you going to throw the ball to? Mm -hmm. You know, Cole Beasley's the most dependable receiver out there, and he's about three feet tall. So he's not a really good option down there most of the time now they did it did work uh against Jacksonville but most of the time it's difficult to throw it to those little guys in the end zone when you get that close so when you've got a quarterback who can do this for you now that was the thing i remember it in in 2016 uh, we all wrote this this is the one thing that Tony Romo didn't give you. Yeah. When you got down here, this guy can all of a sudden he could take off. You know, and Tony was never going to do that. So the fact that they are have been reluctant to to, to or they have shied away from. I don't know if that was a plan thing. I don't know if Dak is making audibles that is taking it out of that. I don't know if he wants to feel like, listen, I'm a quarterback. I'm not a runner. You know, I got to prove this thing. Which he has said consistently throughout his career. I'm a quarterback who runs. I'm yeah. not a running quarterback. Right. And, and, that, and is, were, that is his identity. There yeah. were at least two occasions on Sunday where he ran, uh, and they, they clearly weren't designed runs. They were yeah. They were plays. Two, two of them were not. Yeah, two of them, yeah. And I, I'm, I'm sitting there in the stands and screaming, just run upfield. You were mm-hmm. you were screaming that really? Uh, because it, I mean, it was obvious that. And he heard you. Yeah. He, well, he didn't really. Um, he could have turned it up. There were there were at least two occasions where he could have turned it up, and I think he's he needs to look to do that more. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know that the Cowboys need to plan that often to run him, but when the situation presents itself, you've. Take it. Well, he, a lot of it's not playing. When you're doing run-pass option, right. you're reading the play and the defense and how it reacts. Right. And when you're going to hand the ball to Elliott, if, you know, again, now, I understand. That's why he didn't run more against Seattle, because after he had success running against New York in Week 2, Seattle, with his defensive end, said, well, no, we're not going to let Prescott keep the ball and get around end. Go ahead and hand it, yeah. To to you know Elliot in there, and and again also on that ill-fated third and one before the punt that Jason Garrett chose to do in overtime, that was also a a run pass, a read option, right? A zone option, and uh, Prescott, I was told, read the play directly. That correct the way they they were playing defensively, Houston. It made sense to hand the ball to. Right. Elliot. Now the issue was they didn't get the block on the outside, right. but 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 again, so look, I I would he grew up running this. Elliot came from a zone read system as well. These guys have a really good feel for it and trust them. Put them in that situation, and in doing so, Prescott's going to run more in general 
than what we have seen consistently. And, and he, he's a more decisive quarterback when he runs as far as the passes he makes, too. I, I just think yeah. he's a more decisive athlete and quarterback and a bigger weapon when he's running. And it doesn't have to be 11 times to game, a game, but when he's running throughout the game. Yeah. Not just as a last resort. I think it does. It probably gives him some confidence, uh, makes him feel good about what he's doing, and, and obviously it also opens up things. It opens up the passing lanes. You know, things are going to sure. happen when you're doing that. Uh, but I want to talk about. Uh, I mentioned Cole Beasley. It is it is phenomenal to me. We we talk all the time about how inaccurate that Dak is, Dak, <laughs> Dak is, and he never looks inaccurate when he's throwing to Cole Beasley, does he? No. Every, when he yeah, does throw to Cole Beasley, and the question is, why doesn't he throw to Cole well, Beasley more? There are, I mean, there but, are yeah. times. There are times when he's uh, when he's, and I think there was. I don't remember if it was this week or last week, but I I, I recall a time. In well, the last there, couple weeks where, where I mean, you know, he's a smaller target, and he, you know, sure. he, well, he threw it high for him. Um, but but the point I want to make is that is the, that the, I think the question still is going back to last week. How does he disappear that much? Well, the team's taking away. It's like he said in the second half. It was a different animal. You know, in the second half, now you're you're taking away the middle of the field, and he is a little guy. You know, if, you, if you'll notice when when Cole catches the ball, and I admire him. Uh, he, he's a, a very small guy playing out there, and a lot of big people. When he catches the ball, they clearly told him just go down. If there's, if there's, because you remember there were a couple of times when he was trying to run with the ball and people were just taking, basically ripping the ball out of his, yeah. out of his grip. So, listen, he, he's a small guy trying to make a living around a bunch of big people. Uh, but my my point is that Babel Offenberg talked about the fact that what he sees when he looks at at Dak Prescott is a guy who doesn't have confidence in his receivers. And he, what he means is, is I don't, you know, he, he didn't mean that in a, so much of a negative way, but it's like. I think there is some of that in there. And with, when he looks at Cole, he does, this guy's going to run the route. I know he's going to run, and he's going to be open, and I know he's going to catch it. You know, and Beasley so, is their best route runner and most sure-handed receiver. Yes, he is yes. all around. The, the, by, I think by far their best receiver uh, all around. And, and, and that gives Dak confidence. And I think that that should give the Cowboys some confidence going forward that maybe if we supply this guy – with more receivers like this, guys who are more sure-handed, guys who run good routes. Uh, and well, that's what they were going for this year. Now the personnel acumen in doing that can be questioned, but yeah. that really was what they were trying to structure for him. Um, yeah, it's – you know, the other thing here too is that um, I think all coaches at the NFL level will tell you that, you know what, any team, if they so choose, can take a receiver out of the mix. Oh, Any yeah, receiver, yeah. no matter how good. Right. And teams, if they choose to take Cole Beasley away from Dak Prescott, Cole Beasley is out. And, right. and we've seen that. That's what Houston chose to do. Right. Don't, we're not going to let Cole Beasley do anything. We think that's his main guy. If we take away his, his option, if we take away Elliott and Beasley, Prescott has nowhere to turn. So yeah. that's what teams are going to be doing now. Right. And they can take Beasley out. Now the issue is they haven't had anyone step up right. to fill the void when they take him out. But Someone I, has to step up yeah. in order to produce when Beasley is taken out. And, and I think that's, that's the question. Well, I thought Michael Gallup made a great catch in the first he half. He did. 
And then they, they he made a great catch that was overturned. It was still a great catch. Oh too, my and gosh! Right. I mean, that was he. He gave them, and that was a challenged. That was you know, major was, hang time on and, that. And, was, and, like and, that. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing that a guy could keep that foot in the air as long as he did on the oh, touchdown yeah. that was overturned. But my question is, you know, they they went to him twice. He made two. He, he made two yes. catches. Why does he? And, and the Cowboys controlled this game. And in the second half, there was no reason for them to really throw, but. I thought he showed me some stuff that would say, "Okay, I want to see this. I want to give this guy some more targets going forward." And he will. That what you saw was the week before against Houston, he didn't run a couple of routes well. There was one that along the sidelines that he that he was imprecise on, and he was too far away from the sidelines. He kind of looped out, and and that that you know it was interesting. Michael Gallup was talking last week when we were talking to him, and and he said. The biggest adjustment he's had is that everything is a contested catch in the NFL. He said, look, in college, I'll be open by four or five yards. Right. That's what top college receivers do. They get open by four or five yards. He said, here, I've never been open by four or five yards. Every single time a guy is on my hip. And he said, getting that feel that I don't have, I'm not operating in space like I was before, is the, has been the biggest adjustment for me so far. Now, then he comes back, and he makes that first contested catch, and he almost made a spectacular second catch there in the end zone. So, uh, And you look at it, and again, this isn't targets because Beasley got all the targets. The other wide receivers didn't get Nobody, many at all. Swaim, got two, Swaim, Swaim and Gallup got two targets, Yeah, and that was it. Well, so Everybody but, else was one. But the key here to follow is Gallup was on the field for 57 snaps, I think you're going to see Gallup take some of these snaps and targets away from Alan Hearns, who has not been productive. Uh, now, again, it's a, a week-to-week thing, and Gallup has not been as good on the road as he's been at home. Right. So we'll see this week against Washington. I, I thought that that Hearns there was a, there was a play in the end zone where Hearns is 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 there. He never saw the ball. And never saw the ball. Never yeah. saw the ball. I mean, and that ball is right there for him. That is a that's he never, a he never turned around. For no, the ball. no, and the ball was right there. Yeah. It would have been. Oh, it was a touchdown. I don't want to say an easy catch, but it was a catchable ball yeah. for a touchdown, which he didn't even give himself a chance to make. Yeah, and I don't understand it. It's almost like he's thinking I'm not the primary target here and so I'm just running my route and I'm just finishing well I think what happened there was he I I think he knew he was a target but he looked up and the first point where he looked he didn't see the ball and the ball was actually below the point where he looked is my understanding and so then he was never he wasn't able to track it because he looked at the point it's not there now I'm not saying that's Dak's fault I'm just saying that where he looked I just with Jalen Ramsey on him was my amateur eye tells me and He's just been a complete non-factor. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, and, for sure. And for me, he was their big acquisition. He was. Uh, he was a big acquisition. This was the guy who's had a thousand-yard receiving receiving season. In the NFL. I, I, I don't this under- was a guy whose numbers were comparable in the last three years to Des Bryant. Yes, yeah. yes, absolutely. But he has been. He's been a complete non-factor. And I mean, I do thought. I, I do thought. I do think. Uh, and I that was my after the first catch that Gallup made in the first half, the one that was good. Uh, I, I said to somebody, you know, somebody's got to step up here and be a primary target. I, I think it's really difficult for wide receivers. It's, it's like the Calvin Ridley argument. Should they have taken him instead of Leighton Van Der Esch? Boy, if you look the year before, all the first-round wide receiver picks were bust as rookies. 
Uh, and I just think it is very difficult to project these and guys. by large, that first year. And, again, a lot of that is because they don't get the separation. These guys dominate at the college level because yeah, corners right. can't keep up with them. Right. Bad corners will keep up with them in the NFL. Yeah, and I just think that it's going to be – but I, I do think that of all the receivers they have out there uh, – Oh, the, sure. The guy, he has the most upside. He right, has no the question. Ceiling. No yeah. question. So, so here's, here's my question. There are two things that um, I thought would have made Jason Garrett very, very excited. Mm-hmm. One, he actually got to watch Brett Maher take five field goal attempts, right? Because he, he he had four officially, but one actually was called back, and they had to make that again. So five yes. field goal attempts, that gets him very excited. And then the time of possession had to make him, like, just well, this, silly happy. This was the – well, it's not even quite – it's the most complete game they've had this year. Oh. Ezekiel Elliott called it the most dominant performance – since he's been with the Cowboys. And that's not necessarily wrong. Well, I, I was going to go back, and I didn't do that, but I was going to go back and look because even before he said that, I was thinking, I don't know when I've seen him play this well offensively and defensively. And defensively. So and, yeah. and to put both those together and, and play like that, this was – And while they the had the time of possession, which was, you know, they were winning games before with the time of possession – but the defense was giving up yardage and wasn't as good as what this defense but this, is. But this was a 17-minute difference in time of possession. Yeah. I mean, they, they held the ball twice as long as Jacksonville did. Yeah, this is everything that the Cowboys want to be. Because the defense got a couple of takeaways and, and three and outs. I mean, it was – Yeah. The crazy thing about this is is that this just solidifies – Boy, how bad was that pass that Bortles threw that Heath intercepted? Threw it into triple coverage. Well, and that's where – That's what Blake Bortles is. That's where – but you know what? That's what Dak Prescott is if he's behind 28 to 7. Right. Yeah. You yeah. know, Guys that, that's, that's the, the – there, there are some similarities between the two. There. So I, I think the situation made Bortles look worse than what he, you know. Yeah, what but he's not I, I, yeah I'm not saying that Bortles is a bad but yeah, quarterback. But no, just, but that was a that, – that was a nonsense. But again, that's what quarterbacks will – quarterbacks – know there's a very slim chance to win the game so they'll start taking some chances they wouldn't otherwise and to me that was one of them and we've seen Dak do that well, especially last year when they got behind in games. Sometimes that's what you got to do. Yeah well I'm sorry what was your what was your little point? My little point was that how does this solidify the situation because here's what's going to happen now you know we're all pounding on the Cowboys and pounding on Jason Garrett about his decision and pounding on Jerry Jones about doing something and then Jerry so so then they come out and play their best game in three years, and and who knows longer than that. So now this is just going to solidify Jerry. He's just going to say, "See, this is how close we are. This is how, what, we, what we could be," and he will not make a move now. unless I they go I, into the bye week and they're down. No, I mean it's not. We have to see how the season plays out. I'm yeah, still I, telling I, you, if this team does not make the playoffs, he's not going to sit there and go, we're still making progress. I don't think this would not. be a situation like when, when you know, you'd have to go one and six or one and seven, whatever they were when they fired Wade, right? One, one and seven. seven. Yeah. You'd have to have that kind of situation, to me, for Jerry to make a move. Oh, he's not going to do it during the season. No. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, in, yeah. The, in season. I, I think if they're eight and eight again and they miss the playoffs in this division right now, uh, I, I my gut still tells me you have to make a it's decision. It's a serious yeah. discussion. You, again, you don't start thirteen and three with a rookie quarterback and a rookie running back and go back and then go back to back years without making the playoffs. Especially yeah. if health is good this year, as good as this defense is, uh, making the personnel moves that the coaching staff signed off on, uh, saying we're going to put, you know, saying we can win receiver by committee. 
we're fine with these receivers. We can make this work. You don't make it work. There are going to be consequences. There are. And and here, here's the other, you know, it's, um, and, and I realize this is not real inspiring, and this drives critics of, of Garrett crazy, but one thing you have to give him was, in winning this game against Jacksonville, since he's been the head coach, since he's, and, and not the second half of the season when he took over for uh, Wade. Wade, but but that doesn't matter either because he assumed a record there that 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 wouldn't have applied here. But since he's been a head coach, the Cowboys are fourteen and two in games that they needed to win to get back to five hundred. Now I know that is like the lamest superpower you can have. <laughs> I, I, I understand. It's, it's not. You know what it is? It's not a superpower. It's a mediocre power. That's what it is. I, I understand that it's not winning a division or winning in the postseason, but that does tell you that he always seems to keep these this team competitive and relevant, at least during the regular season, to give it a chance. At at all of these junctures when a season could go south, they never get. They never fall far enough to where they feel they're out of it. They still feel there is something to play for. So that is what I think Jason I, Garrett does as a head coach. Now that doesn't. Again, we can still take. Right. I, we're just when when you're arguing what he does and what he doesn't. I think an argument is usually what he doesn't. I saw something after the Redskins loss this week that they one were and one, two one and, and two. one, two and two, three five and three, and five. five and five, ten and ten. Over their last twenty, and it goes to like twenty eight, twenty eight and uh, one yeah. over their last. Yeah, 57 games. games. So <laughs> I, I, I think in, in large respect, this is a little bit of what the NFL is, sure. is that everybody sure. is right around no question. Five, is, is a player two from being right around 500. Um, and at some point in time, you have to make a call on, is this guy going to take me, is he going to take me to a championship in the three close games that I've got sure. to win in December and January. Hey, we're just talking about treading water here. Right. We're giving him credit for treading water. Right. Right. We're not giving him credit for advancing the team. And that's what the that's what the discussion will be at the end of the season. Yeah. I, I have a completely... Uh, Off-point question? Yes. Okay. I, I was just wondering this the other night. Is Andy Reid a Hall of Fame coach? Never won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I couldn't remember. Creative offensively. Teams tend to fade as the season. He took the Eagles to a Super Bowl. Took them to one Super Bowl. Teams tend to fade late in the season. Not a lot of postseason success. He's going to win 200 NFL games. Yeah. I think it's hard to get in without winning a Super Bowl. I was just, that was such a great game. No, that's a good, yeah. That's a really good debate. And I was just, I'm sitting there wondering, you know, you don't hear Andy Reid a whole lot when you talk about the current offensive or current geniuses in the NFL. I think that's because Belichick dominates the conversation. When uh, you consider offensive innovation and longevity, I think he's going to be in the discussion. Yeah. But uh, there'll be some people in that room who won't vote for him because he never won a Super one, Bowl. Never won a Super Bowl. Two, look at his postseason record. It's not – his postseason record overall is not that Did good. Did you watch that game? I didn't get to see it. We were, we were driving back. It was such a fantastic game. Oh, my gosh. Game. Uh, it, it's the best regular season NFL game I've watched yeah. in some time. Yeah, um, just just fun to watch. Uh, Tommy is uh, either Tommy just went Flailing crazy, or he's signaling us that we need <laughs> to go. 
He was saying you're crazy. I think he was no, he was doing something weird with no, his hands. I need to go home anyway crazy. to see if I can get internet and cable restored. Well, I need yeah. to go home and pick up my wife so we can drive to Galveston for her so we can party with the city planners. Go eat at Gatos while you're there. That so is Gatos the place I have to go to? No. You know, it's it, but it's been there a hundred years and yeah, I don't it's 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 tired. Uh, there's some good places over on the Strand. You should go yeah, over the on strand, the Strand. Yeah. There's some nice, go to the candy store on the Strand. It's nope. a great place. The kids love that. Go there. No kids are going with us. Yelp. No, no. So you'll love it. It's, a, it's an old time candy store. It's huge. Okay. Yeah. That's not a meal. Well, I know. Although but, I've been known well, to make no, a meal I've out of candy. I've made a meal out of candy. Before. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, you know, I don't have any good recommendations. Okay, great. Down there. Yelp. It Thanks, used to Kevin. be Pier 21, and then they closed it and turned it into a Joe's Crab Shack. Thanks, guy. Totally from, did. Yeah, it was Pier yeah, 20. Yeah, uh, I like Pier 21. Thanks, guy from Houston for the Houston area recommendations. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm telling you, there's not a lot of places to go. Okay. Sorry. Corbett Smith suggested I go to Shrimp and Stuff. Oh I like places that gosh. have stuff in the name. That I think I think we went there, and someone told us to go there, and it was terrible. I'm just saying. All right, I'll let Corbett know. Saying. All right, Tristan Holman is about to come on the air. Uh, in front of the Fine, TV we'll just camera, leave so we have to go. We'll, we'll just go. We'll just leave the studio. I mean. uh, I'll wrap this up. For everybody here, to <laughs> all of you out there, a fine Tuesday. Thanks for listening. Why to are us. you waving? Goodbye, everybody, because we're uh, on TV still. We're on TV. Thanks for listening to the Cowboys Ballsy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our weekly episodes on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search the Ballsy with a Z podcast. Until next time, sports fans. We'll see you.